Hello, friends. There's lots of interesting things coming up in the Stoic Coffee community, so make sure that you sign up for my newsletter on my website at stoic.coffee. You can also follow me on Twitter at stoiccoffee and on Instagram at stoic.coffee, and you can find my LinkedIn page by searching for Stoic Coffee Break on LinkedIn. Now, I also wanted to let you know that I'm starting a mastermind for tech entrepreneurs as the world of tech is accelerating, and I've had people reaching out to me for a group grounded in Stoic principles. I'll be your facilitator as we tackle some of the big questions in tech using the tools of Stoicism. I have a few spots left for senior tech entrepreneurs and decision makers to join me for a one-hour bi-weekly session. I'll be interviewing candidates to form a tight group for the first cohort of five people, plus myself. Now, if you're interested in joining this, please reach out to me at masterminds at stoic.coffee. Now, again, that's masterminds at stoic.coffee. Thanks again, and thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and I appreciate your support. Hello, friends. My name is Eric Cloward, and welcome to the Stoic Coffee Break. The Stoic Coffee Break is a weekly podcast where I take an aspect of Stoicism and do my best to break it down to its most important points and talk about how we can apply it in our daily lives. I share my successes and my failures and hope that you can learn something from my experience all within the space of a coffee break. This week's episode is called Belief Without Evidence is Wrong. It is wrong always, everywhere, and for anyone to believe anything upon insufficient evidence. William K. Clifford, The Ethics of Belief We all like to think that we are wise and that our opinions are well thought out, and that we're smart enough to spot when we have inconsistent beliefs. And today I want to talk about why believing something without sufficient evidence is wrong, and that the idea of how we come to a belief or a conclusion is much more important than whether the belief that we form from it is correct. One of the four virtues of Stoicism is wisdom, and wisdom is not just the acquisition of information, but the skill of properly applying the knowledge that we gain to make better choices and actions. It is our job to learn and to see clearly and to act upon the truth, but even more important than reaching the correct outcome is to have a correct process of learning and discovering the truth. William K. Clifford was an English mathematician and philosopher in the late 1800s, and He wrote a well-thought-out essay called The Ethics of Belief, and in this essay he discusses how it is immoral to believe something without evidence, that even if you end up with being correct in your belief or your assumption, that it is more important to make sure that the process we use to form beliefs is sound. And this is because if you come to a belief or a conclusion based upon faulty evidence, then you can't be sure that the next time that you use the same kind of thinking that you'll end up with the correct outcome. Basically, you may think that you are smart because you got it right, but in a way, you didn't. Because if you use the same thinking process, you may not be as lucky next time. Having a correct process helps you to be more consistent and to reach correct or more correct conclusions more often. Say, for example, that you have a friend who is in the same math class as you, and your friend is just an average student, but on a big test, they happen to get a perfect score. And shortly after this, you hear a rumor that your friend cheated on the test. You don't have any proof of this, nor do any of the people that you talk to have any tangible proof either, beyond their own speculation that the only way your friend could have done this well in the test was to cheat. So you decide to accuse your friend of cheating and report them to the teacher. 
Now, let's look at the possible outcomes. Now, let's say your friend didn't cheat. And after they're cleared of any wrongdoing, you retract what you said and you try to make amends. You may have spoiled the whole friendship simply because you accused your friend with no actual evidence other than the rumors spread by others. You've also ruined your word, and people may find it hard to trust you going forward. Now, let's take the other outcome and say that your friend did cheat, and you feel vindicated because you were correct. But should you? I would have to say no, because you are just as wrong as in the first case because you made an accusation with insufficient evidence. It was just by chance that you ended up on the right side. You had no evidence to actually reason through that your friend had actually cheated. And based on the evidence you had, you made an assumption. In other words, you just guessed. You had no right to actually come to the conclusion that your friend had cheated on the test. And this is dangerous because once you have been correct, you are less likely to question yourself the next time because you guessed correctly the first time. Epictetus said, Show me someone for whom success is less important than the manner in which it is achieved, of concern for the means rather than the ends of their actions. I want to see him. This is the person I have looked for for a long time, the true genius. When we reach the correct answer, but have an invalid process, we haven't learned how to make better decisions. So we actually do ourselves a a disservice. If we don't understand why we're correct, or at least at the very least, admit that we just got lucky and guessed correctly, then we'll never create a framework that helps us to be successful consistently. For example, often entrepreneurs will get lucky. They'll have a lucky break that may not have anything to do with them. Perhaps something happens that ruins their chief competitor. They'll often attribute their success to something else, such as their own brilliance or the superiority of their product, and are unwilling to attribute it to the luck of the circumstances that broke in their favor. They may not really understand the lucky break that helped them lead to their success, and because they were successful once, they think they know how to be successful again. No real belief, however trifling and fragmentary it may seem, is ever truly insignificant. It prepares us to receive more of its like, confirms those which resembled it before, and weakens others. And so gradually it lays a stealthy train in our inmost thoughts, which may someday explode into overt action and leave its stamp upon our character forever. William K. Clifford, Ethics of Belief Why is it so important that we don't hold on to beliefs that are incorrect or based upon insufficient evidence? The beliefs that we hold, even the illogical ones that we think are just our own private beliefs, influence the choices we make and the actions we take in our everyday lives, and some of these can have pretty serious consequences. An example of how beliefs can impact the choices that people make can be seen when we look at how vaccines have been treated in the pandemic. Over the past few decades, people have been fed a steady diet of how they should distrust the government. And usually it's by politicians for their own benefit, though I find it very disingenuous because these politicians are often seeking re-election, so they're the ones already running things. And this continuous disinformation campaign from politicians and pundits and talk show hosts and others with a hidden agenda has eroded trust in the institutions that are in place to help us as a society weather such events. And as we've seen cases of the Delta variant climbing higher and higher over the past few months, it comes because of this distrust. I mean, we see that 98% of those who are dying from COVID are those who are unvaccinated. And it's not because the vaccine isn't available. 
But the majority of these people are refusing to get vaccinated because of the distrust that they have in the government and its institutions, distrust of science, or just plain distrust of vaccines. Because of this belief that they hold, evidence that is presented to them is filtered through this kind of distrust. Experts who have spent their lives in service of humanity and who have dedicated their careers to this are dismissed as unreliable or even threatened with presenting evidence contrary to this belief. If someone is able to show me what I think or do is not right, I will happily change. For I seek the truth by which no one was ever truly harmed. It is the person who continues in his self-deception and ignorance who is harmed. Marcus Aurelius So, what are some of the reasons we believe things without sufficient evidence? When we come into this world, we are given a worldview, a belief system from our parents, our religion, our culture. And while this is not necessarily a bad thing, because we're taught traditions and beliefs and stories about how they think the world is, and this is how we learn how to function in the world. Where we run into trouble is that most of us are brought up not to question the world around us. We get in trouble for simply not obeying the rules and are often shamed for asking questions about things that we don't understand. In my own experience, I was taught that obedience to the church leaders was far more important than anything else. And I always found the idea of blind faith troubling, mostly because it makes abuse of power extremely easy, and unfortunately we've seen this happen time after time. Also, to me, I found that it made a mockery of what I considered God. If God had just wanted me to be obedient, why did he give me a mind that wanted to find answers and to question things that seemed illogical and to try to make sense of the world? When I was told to ignore evidence simply because it went against the teachings of the church, it made me distrust the person who was teaching it. They were telling me to ignore my own sense of reasoning and logic and to just take their word for it. Now, religion is not the only place where we see misguided beliefs that are not questioned. There have been plenty of beliefs, ideas, and theories taught in schools or treated as common knowledge that are simply taken as fact. There's no proof, but because they've been around for so long, they're just assumed to be true. A good example of this is, for centuries, women have been treated as if they were mentally inferior to men in science, art, literature, music, and pretty much any other field besides housekeeping. Because of these ideas, women were denied education and careers and were often treated as second-class citizens, all because of belief that they were just not on the same level as men. This allowed those in charge, mostly men, to point out that there were not a lot of prominent women in these areas as proof that this idea was true, all the while ignoring the fact that women were denied opportunities to make any contributions in these areas, thus creating a self-reinforcing belief. It has taken a lot of hard work for our society to move past some of these ideas, and we still have a long way to go. Now, on a personal level, we often create beliefs about ourselves because they were things that we were told about ourselves or conclusions that we came to through faulty thinking. Maybe we think we're not very smart or we're not very creative because our parents told us so. Maybe we believe that we don't deserve to be treated respectfully because we've been treated poorly by others. One that I struggle with from time to time is that I'm not worthy of being loved simply because I lose my temper. There are plenty of beliefs that we adopt because our brains try to make sense of the world around us. If you want to improve, be content to be thought foolish and stupid. 
Epictetus. So how do we get better at challenging our beliefs? I think probably the most important aspect is that we need to be willing to be wrong. And this is probably one of the hardest things for any of us to do. When we feel we are right about something, it feels good and we feel confident. We don't like to be wrong because it feels uncomfortable and sometimes it feels scary. So we avoid being wrong at all costs. And how do we try to avoid being wrong? We'll avoid admitting that we're wrong by discounting evidence we don't like. Maybe we'll reinterpret or spin things in a way that shows our position in a more favorable light. Maybe we'll double down on our position. We'll get angry, which is just another way to manipulate others in support of our position. We'll deflect and try to blame others for their shortcomings. Now, when we can get comfortable with knowing that we're going to be wrong quite often, then we can avoid a lot of anxiety and stress. We can be humble, and we can think of ourselves as seekers of knowledge and not as the fountain of truth. I think one of the best ways for us to start getting comfortable with this is to practice incorporating some of the following phrases into our language. When we come upon a situation where we are wrong, we can say things like, in light of new information, I've changed my mind. From the evidence provided, it looks like I need to rethink my position. You make a good argument. I'll consider what you said. And lastly, you know, I never thought of it that way. Thanks. Now I will. Once we are willing to be okay with being wrong, then we can take the time to ask more questions about this belief that we've created. Some of those questions can be things like, where did I learn this belief? Who did I learn it from? And what are their motivations behind promoting this belief? Understanding the source of a belief can help you be aware of conflicts of interest from others and conflicts of interest from yourself. What evidence is available to support this belief? Are there things like scientifically rigorous studies or experts in this area that can help you learn more about it? We don't suffer from a lack of information in this world. We suffer from a willingness to be, look objectively at information and follow where it leads, even if we don't like the results. How does this belief help me? Understanding this helps us to see why we might unconsciously hold on to a belief. Often we hold on to a belief because it helps us in some way. Maybe we find comfort in it because the alternative is too uncomfortable or scary. Often, just asking this question alone can help us see that a belief does not serve us and we can work on letting it go. The beliefs we have about the world guide our choices and actions. Doing our best to put our beliefs through a rigorous process can help us reach better conclusions. And even when we are correct, we should be willing to always work on refining our process of testing our beliefs. It is not enough that we have the correct answer, but much more important is how we got there. And that's the end of this week's Stoic Coffee Break. Be good to yourself, be good to others, and thanks for listening.